Hi, this is Dion Bake from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. If you're looking for the skills and tools to succeed in real estate investing, you've come to the right place. This show is about breaking through barriers, breaking through limiting beliefs, and breaking through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Welcome, everybody. We're doing a bit of a special edition today. We're going to uh, talk about some of the issues that are uh, going on in the world right now. And with the majority of businesses closed um, and all of us dealing with this COVID-19 virus pandemic, there are a lot of questions and uncertainty surrounding real estate investing. So today we have author and real estate coach Quentin D'Souza here with us to help clear things up a little bit for everyone. So uh, thanks for joining us, Quentin. Hey, yeah, that no problem. Happy to help. Um, I, I just want to let people know that I, you know, I, I'm a, a full-time investor and I've been doing it since 2014 full-time. I was a, a teacher for 20 years before that. And um, I'm, not, um, I'm not a realtor or a mortgage broker or uh, I don't own a property management company. We have our own internal property management uh, that uh, a company that deals with our um, our rentals, but uh, just just not um, uh, we don't we don't hire out to other people. So just just so you everybody is aware of that I, I don't want people to get in like you know any misconceptions. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you, you you inviting me here, and you know I think that there's there's a lot going on for everybody, and um, we're recording this April first, and this is kind of like D Day, right? For mm -hmm. a, a lot of uh, um, uh, real estate investors, landlords. I had uh, I had people, you know, text me saying, you know, uh, watch out, good luck today, and you know all this other stuff, which is uh, I think uh, you know par for the course when it comes to uh, rentals, anyways. But um, you know, this is uh, uh, you know an interesting time for sure. Yeah, and I was just telling Sandy before you came on that, um, you know, most of my tenants, there are a few that have said that they, they have a problem, but they've still sent some money, not all of it, but uh, the majority of them have actually, and it's, and it's what, it's 11, 10, 30, 10, 15 in the morning on April 1st. And um, a lot of my tenants have already paid their full rent. So I, I was a little bit worried as well, you know, especially with the whole rally going on on all the social media telling people not to pay their rent. I wasn't exactly sure how that's supposed to work out, but uh, I don't know. It's very interesting times for sure. So you gave us, uh, Quentin, a little bit of a background on yourself. Maybe you just want to expand on that a bit for us. Just so, uh, I mean, anyone that's listened to the show obviously probably has heard you before. I think this is your fourth time. On Rob, I was going to say, I think we're, um, I think yeah. we're, was it was he not our first or second episode ever second first. maybe well, first first guest. first guest yeah. yeah so yeah we've uh definitely a lifelong or a six 
plus year friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. And yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for a while. I've got a number of books on Amazon, uh, the Property Management Toolbox, Filling Vacancies Toolbox, The Ultimate Wealth Strategy, Run Durham REI. But I think, um, um, you know, for for now, what's happening, you know, I, I think, uh, spe- especially what you talked about with non-payment of rent issues, I think a majority of tenants are good people and they're going to pay their rent. Like, it's just like the majority of Canadians are going to do whatever they can to pay their mortgages. It's just that, you know, we're in a unique situation that has uh, changed things for a lot of people. And, you know, as uh, investors and landlords, we just want to be cognizant of that and, and make sure that we're, you know, have sympathy and work with people where they where they need help. Um, I'm not saying uh, to defer rent. I'm just saying that, you know, we need to work with them to create, uh, if it's a payment plan, um, you know, but, but know that rent is still due. And, and whenever the banks say that, uh, you know, there is a deferral or property taxes, um, you know, that you, you defer it. The thing is, it's a deferral. It doesn't mean that it's disappeared. It means you still owe it. And uh, that has to be clear and, and, and people need to be aware of that, that all of these costs are still there. It's not that they've disappeared. They just deferred it so that we can, um, you know, take stock of what's going on right now. And, um, you know, from the, there's a lot of confusion around deferrals as well. And uh, the challenge is, is that nobody really knows. Everybody is making assumptions around what will and what won't happen. Uh, if you go and talk to the banks and you, and you ask them, will like deferring my mortgage for six months, will it affect my ability to lend afterwards? Because if you're an investor and you want to continue to invest after all of this, um, you're going to want to make sure that you're in a position to do so. And if you have, you know, if there's something that's marked financial hardship or whatever it is uh, on your, uh, your credit record, it's very possible that that will affect your ability to, to lend. Now, if you talk to anybody in the bank, they, their response is usually that this is not going to go on your credit record, that this is a unique situation, usually use terms like unprecedented and things like that. And, um, but the challenge is, is that we really don't know what's going to happen on April 1st. It could be that, you know, that although they're saying one thing that there's an automated process and it hasn't been updated and it goes to your credit record, it's, it's very possible. So uh, the thing is, is that we don't know. What I, what I do know is that we are going to have a large number, uh, um, and it, that large number, if you're used to like, um, you know, maybe 3% of people not paying, it could be that you're up to 12% of people not paying, right? Um, you know, I, I tend to overestimate in order to uh, make sure that I'm prepared. So I look at a 20, 20% um, non-payment. And, and then what I'm looking at from if I'm going to take a deferral, I want to do something that's going to, you know, not impact me. So some financial institutions are allowing you to do interest only payments, which still allows you to continue with your payment history. Um, but uh, it allows you to do uh, interest only payments. And that's on the commercial side. 
um, that they that they would allow that. Not necessarily the residential side. I would say that you know you should see where your situation is coming um, May first or sorry April first. But I also think that uh, April first is going to be the easy date. I think people are thinking that that's the hard date. I think the hard date is going to be May 1st, right? Or June 1st. Now, it's very possible that, you know, if you can educate your tenants and let them know, look, these are the programs that are available to you right now. Some tenants aren't aware that like if, if childcare responsibilities have changed and a person can't go to work because of that, that there's that emergency benefit that's available to them. And if you, and as a, um, as a good uh, landlord, you want to give tenants all the information they can. So, you know, these are the municipal programs. These are the provincial programs that are available. These are the federal programs that are available. Heck, you know, it, it, these are the utility companies and these are the ones that won't charge you for, for late uh, utility payments, you know, all of that stuff. So I think if we can communicate to them what's available to them, it'll make May 1st, you know, a lot easier for a lot of landlords. So that's the one thing that I'm, you know, when we were talking about tenants and non-payment and that, you know, the, the you know, like um, if you, if you think about Harley Davidson drivers, they often, there's often one of the, I think it's called the one percenters, right? You know, and those are really like the troublemakers, the guys that you don't want to mess with at all, right? But 99% of the like bikers are just great people. You know, they're, they're good people. And you don't base, you know, um, your thought pattern on the one percenters. And, and it's the same thing with, you know, those those tenant not paying, you know, that's, that, that's like, you know, I would associate that with price gouging, right? Like somebody who has toilet, uh, you know, uh, mm. toilet paper that they bought for a dollar and now they're trying to sell it for $20, right? It's the same thing. You're trying to gouge somebody who's in a position who can't, you know, do anything. And, um, you know, it's, it's very, I, I think that the landlord tenant board and, and anybody who's sane would look at these people and say, you know, this is ridiculous, right? You're, you're really just gouging your landlord. And if you think that's right, then you, you obviously have some, you know, you're probably the same person who, you know, hoards toilet paper and, you know, sells it for $30 a roll. So, right. <laughs> so well, I did, it was a bit of a rant there. I, I, I admit I'm a little passionate. Well, now, like, what is the process? Like, is there is there a change at the landlord tenant board as far as like the process for, you know, um, someone doesn't pay their rent? What what kind of a situation are you in right now? What do we do about that? Uh, so uh, just so you know, like, I'm not a paralegal, but I can tell you what I'm doing as a, a business owner is that I'm following through the process as it has been set out by the landlord tenant board. And I will still file my L1s, L2s. Uh, and I will still go through the process. The thing is, it's going to take a long time. We all know sure. that already, like I had a non-payment of rent issue that was supposed to be heard on the 16th of uh, March. And I had, uh, I had started the process in November. So it was already five and a half months behind. So you think that after this, uh, you know, there's going to be a, you know, a quick catch up? I don't think so. 
um, you know, the problem is already there, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to follow the process that's already set out. I may like, I may not go through the process as fast, but I'm still going to go through the process. I have my N4s going out on the second of the month. We will talk to the tenants first. You know, we want to work with them um, to help them come up with a plan that makes sense. Maybe it's 75%, uh, you know, on the first and 25%, you know, two weeks down, whatever it is, you know, we're, we're, we're not um, evil, but we also need to make sure that the house and the, the apartment is still going to be there afterwards, you know, that we're not going to, uh, you know, that it's not going to disappear. Right. And we, we want to provide good housing to people. Right. So that's definitely, um, so, you know, so something. So, sorry, just to clarify then, you're, yep. the way that you're doing it is you're talking to the tenant, mm -hmm. like you're doing a verbal uh, discussion with them. And then based on that, you would still file your, well, in Ontario, it's an N4 the second day. It, it, it basically, quote unquote, I guess, starts the eviction process if yep. they don't pay the rent by a certain time. Yep. But So you would outline that payment plan right on the N4? Is that what you would do? No, I would do uh, the N4 should be a clean document by itself, but I would include a discussion back and forth and a separate document that I have that I use as um, just a simple payment plan document. You can get a sample one on the, on the, the landlord, landlord tenant board website. They have a payment plan document that's there. I have a, something that's very similar. And all we're doing is, uh, um, you know, working out a payment plan for the tenant. Mm -hmm. um, in order to, um, you know, in order to uh, get them on track. So uh, I'm not calling it a deferral because there is no deferral. Rent is still due, but I'm calling it a, a payment plan because I really want to work with people. Um, I think one of the things that we're not seeing here, and I, I like to try to think outside the box, is more than just the, this uh, non-payment, is going to be filling vacancies. Um, and people who give notice because they're a good, like we have lots of great tenants and you know, if they can't pay, they may want to just give notice instead of not paying. And which is not necessarily a bad thing because we, because they want to be responsible, but for us, it, it will be very challenging to fill those units in, in the next little while because of the different types of processes that are out there. Now that means that you have to adapt. Like um, it's not going to be as easy to to do showings of of properties. So that means you know you'd have to look at virtual showings, you'd have to look at lock boxes, you'd have to look at you know different like you know vacant units instead of ones with tenants in it, and you'll have tenants that don't want to have showings and or have a process, right? So there's going to be lots of changes that would need to go on, but I think the vacancies are going to be the interesting challenge. It's, well, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, the other day and she was saying that it was like, like it's like placing tenants in December and January where you get like the B tenants looking for the, you know, a properties. Right. Um, and that's, that's tip. That's kind of like what we're seeing right now with those people who are looking at this time. Uh, at least that's, you know, what, um, what we're finding in the last week. Now, if you asked me the same question two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I would have given you a different answer, but it, it's almost like it's changing like day by day. It's kind of, you know, even the market is changing day by day when it comes to, you know, uh, buying and selling and all of that. So. 
those are some great points. And especially I, I, I totally agree, but may being probably the, the most impacted, uh, unless we get to June, maybe too, but May is going to be a big telling, telling, uh, May 1st around that time. Cause April 6th, right. There are some, there are some relief, um, you know, some money's coming into the, you know, available to people that are affected, um, the CERB, um, application, I believe you can start on the 6th of April. So that might not be available to people till the 15th, 16th, 17th in that range. So I think if people really are affected, maybe by mid month, they can get back into paying some if they get relief from that, I think, but that'll just really filter down the road to May. And then people that are actually feeling some hardship will probably be impacted most then. A lot of people have rent money. I don't think a lot of people have lost jobs up until just the last two weeks really, right? Or, or been impacted really greatly until the last yeah. couple of weeks. So they probably had money there for this month. It's just, it's gonna, May is gonna be tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And you know what, I, I think that um, one thing I want to say, and I'm going to soapbox just a little bit, is that it, it's great for the prime minister and the premier to promise, you know, nobody's going to be evicted. Nobody's, and I understand, I totally understand the reasoning why, um, because we don't want to spread the virus. I understand that. But it's almost like you're, you're if you were um, a grocery store owner, and you were told you must give away all your groceries. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what happens, you know, what happens to me as the owner of the grocery store? Uh, you know, am I, uh, I, I understand that you're, you know, all these bills are being deferred, but it doesn't mean that they're not, you know, and they're not being due. So uh, it, it just means that the process is going to be extended out. So what I would have, su- like, what I would have suggested you know, to those um, politicians who are making promises for other people to fulfill for them is that they have a process in place where they can pay those people directly. If you're telling them that, you know, rents are, uh, are not due or they are due or, you know, please pay as much as you can, uh, then let's do like a, a rent supplement or something where the, you know, the the um, the people that are out there uh, that need help the landlord can apply to like the province or the federal government to pay for the rent on their on their behalf like have some sort of process in place like the well you know i believe it should be the tenants really going out and trying to figure that out not the landlord's job to run around and do it on behalf of all their tenants as well i mean if they're going to implement something like that which they very well could I can see uh, something like that coming into play, but it should be the responsibility of the tenant to make sure that they have applied for that process and then in turn use the money to pay the rent. Uh, You don't hear them saying, you know what, everybody, everyone who has a mortgage, don't worry about paying your mortgage like that, that that's not being spread around saying, take the necessary steps, you know, do what you can to defer it. If that's what you want to do, if you're having hardships, but Nobody's like, I agree with you. That's, it's a, it's a ridiculous state of affairs where people get up or where our government is telling people not to pay their rent. Yeah. You know, it's, it's making promises on, on somebody else's pocket, which is uh, what bothers me. And, you know, in, in, in some provinces, they, you know, they've worked to, to do something different. Like in BC, they, at least they're, they have $500 rent supplement that's going to the, 
to uh, to help to pay directly to the landlord. Um, you know, obviously in Ontario we don't have something like that, but um, you know, I, I'm hoping that there will be some changes, you know, in the future where you know um, one one uh, person's livelihood is isn't uh, you know. Um, you know, put at risk because of somebody else's livelihood, right? Um, and so that's that really is always a challenge, I guess, with government. I don't want to blame anybody here, but I think um, it's a challenge. I just don't think enough solutions are, are coming out. And uh, enough is being done to, you know, like I think uh, uh, the Premier had mentioned that, you know, if you were a price gouger that they're going to charge you $100,000. Well, okay, that's that's fine. Well, what about these rent strike people? Like they're the same thing. I, why don't you find them? You know, I, I think you, you, sometimes you're paying, you're you're pandering for votes, right? But also, you're you have to at the same time you have to balance. You know, who is helping you to do the things that you're promising? So uh, just. I would um, have a little, you know, warning to those politicians to be careful because, you know, um, there are, if you, the, the people who are investing with you in it here can easily go and invest in a different province or a different country. It's not that they are stuck or that they have to do one thing. And it's really easy to drive uh, people out of a particular business. Um, you know, there is profit to be made in other places too, you know, so you have to balance that out. Um, and that's, that's always a challenge. You know, I, I, I get it. Like unemployment is going to go through the roof. Um, and, uh, we all know this, uh, as, as Canadians, you know, we've been very, we are very good at making sure that we pay our mortgage and, and pay our rent. But, you know, with that type of unemployment, there, there are going to be some shocks to the system and we all need to help to prepare for that. Right. Um, so it's, it's just something to keep in mind. Um, great points. Quentin, let's transition a bit to the, the, how are you looking at the market right now? And are you, are you still buying properties? Are you putting things on hold like personally in, in, in your business from that sense? Or what, do you, what are your thoughts around the market and, and just activities as, a, as an investor buying properties? What are some things people should think about? Yeah, I mean, the, the challenge uh, that I'm, I'm seeing right now is more from the, um, uh, whether you, it, let's say if I'm listing a property um, and I, and I want to put it up for sale, the challenge is, is that we have procedures now um, where it's difficult. Well, you can't do open houses really because uh, you can't have groups of more than five people together anyways. Um, and uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm not a realtor, but I'm sure the realtor associations have said something around those lines about open houses and, and showings and things. So uh, I, I know that the numbers are going to be going down. Um, the people who are going to be buying are probably going to be people that need to buy rather than you know, want to buy. Um, and so that's going to affect the, uh, um, you know, the number of multiple offers, I would think that would happen. Uh, but as long as their supply decreases, and there's still the demand, we're still, you know, going to keep our prices to where they are, or within a, a specific range. Now, you know, this hap this continues for two, three, four months, like all bets are off, right? Uh, but right now, um, in the market, 
Uh, I have seen some slight decreases in prices in the, the type of properties that I've been looking at. Not much, like maybe three to 5%. Um, and now in the last week, I've seen properties just sit uh, where you would have had multiple offers on them already. Um, and so two weeks ago, we were having multiple offers. And then now I'm finding that sometimes we're seeing some properties that are sitting uh, so as an investor, what I am looking for is opportunity to help somebody out of a particular situation. Uh, I, I am still looking to be able to close on properties. Um, what, what I fear most is banks stop lending because our, our economy has a lot to do with credit growth. And, um, and if banks stop lending, I think that's going to be a real challenge. And although, we have, um, you know, everybody keeps saying that we're open for business. Uh, I'm starting to hear different things in different spaces. Like, you know, one, one of the big banks uh, said that they're not doing any more commercial loans. Well, holy cow, <laughs> that's a big deal, right? Um, and um, that thing, like those type of statements and those type of things, and I don't want to say the bank, but like when I, when I hear that from other investors, that makes me kind of like watch out. So, you know, when during the good times, and we've been talking about this at Germ REI for a while, is make sure that you're building up lines of credit, that you're getting the ability to, to borrow privately, that you are able to put yourself in the position with joint venture partners so that you can continue to purchase properties. And I think that um, if you can find an opportunity and you're willing to extend out the period of time that it'll take you to take advantage of the opportunity, then um, I think you're going to do well in the long term. This isn't stocks, okay? Don't treat it like, you know, you're, like your stocks. You're selling it one day and buying it the other. That's not the idea. Like I, I see this as a long-term play. And if you get something that will cash flow well, and that um, uh, that you can uh, do well with and hold for five, 10 years, I think you're, you'll be in a good position to purchase now. You probably will have an opportunity because when we get back out of this, uh, I don't know if we're going to have the, the same opportunity to uh, purchase properties at these prices, right? Um, you know, I think at the beginning of 2017, I saw that as an opportunity and I was buying properties hard, you know, from 2017 until the end of 2018. And then as we get into 2019, I was thinking, holy cow, we're getting up there in price, right? We're seeing duplexes up in 650, 700 range, kind of crazy. Um, and so um, in the Oshawa area, like turnkey finished stuff, which stops, you know, it becomes very hard numbers wise to make sense. So, um, you know, we could have a little bit of a reprieve right now. Um, the only challenge I find is like dealing with um, like inspections, trying to get inspections done, trying to get like pictures done, trying to get like, uh, you know, uh, your drafting done, dealing with the, the towns and municipalities in order to get like inspections done for, um, you know, like building inspections, that sort of thing. Everything is delayed, mm -hmm. right? And, and finding trades who are going to work like they, you know, it, it's all a real challenge. Uh, I find that it's 
you know, it's easier to get a trade to work in a vacant property than it is to get into another property. And although they're considered essential services, it's still a challenge I find to uh, get them out. I don't know if you guys are finding the same thing, but uh, um, I'm, I, I, I think that there's some challenges there for sure. Well, I mean, some municipalities, like with the city offices closed in most areas, um, like I just did a couple days ago, submit uh, for building permits online and, and, and went through that process. So I think I was probably one of the first ones that did it since they started taking them that way. Um, but, you know, it's good that they at least are doing that. Now, when it comes to, you know, inspections and things like that, I don't know how they're going to go when people actually have to be out on site. So we'll see. But uh, I wanted to ask you quickly, Sandy, um, so what are you, are you seeing people still purchasing and what kind of measures are you guys doing in order to like, when you have listings, what, what kind of things have changed? Sure. Yeah. If, um, tying on to what Quinton's said all there. I mean, as a realtor's perspective, I guess, Rob, we can both probably speak to that. I think the virtual, virtual everything um, is, 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 is required because there are still people that need to buy and sell. Like that's not going away. The people that bought, or that sold maybe their personal house last month or bought a new house. They they're still there at least for now. I think that'll, you know, that'll filter start to go away as we, as we get into this longer, but um, so there's still business there to happen to, to, to deal with. Um, so virtual, everything, virtual showings, virtual consultations, virtual um, everything as much as we can. And then I think from the investor group, you know, it's a really, really, really easy, easy, ex I guess I call it an excuse for lack of a better word, but it's really easy out to kind of just put everything on hold. I think that's the, any novice or intermediate investors that I've talked to are pretty much wanting to just wait this out and see what happens, regardless if it's a great deal for them or not and fits mm -hmm. their, 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 their plan. So I think more of the savvier group is, is, um, you know, at any time they're having a longer term outlook at, on things and they're, they're, they're willing to take action on a deal that makes sense for them. Um, just being cognizant that everything's going to take longer. I've had, we've had a lot of clients that do the burst strategy, right? So that's something interesting too. Now people are talking about, okay, even if it makes sense today, what does the refinance part look like six, 12 months down the road? And, and are there going to be any comparables, mm -hmm. you know, especially in the residential world, right? A lot of that refinance amount is, depending on comparables. So what does that comparable look like? Are there people buying, you know, the high end, um, you know, duplexes at 650 or 700 six months from now? Um, is that, is there any comparables out there to show that that's what the value is when you go to refinance? So that's, that's an interesting conversation that we don't really know the answer to, but I think it's something that people need to be aware of for sure. And just, yeah, and I feel like I heard somewhere, I can't remember where that uh, they're actually sticking really really firmly to the uh, three month time period, the 90 day for comparables um, for refunds. And they might, maybe that'll change though, right? Maybe that'll, maybe they'll have to change that if there's not many transactions happening. Who knows? I guess we'll see, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the last questions we got for you, Quentin, is um, <laughs> it's a big one. What do you, what do you think we have in store? Like, what are we looking at as far as the economy goes? Oh man, you just like the bomb and you're, and then you're asking me for the crystal ball at the same time. Okay. This is yeah. Depending everybody. <laughs> you, you know what? Um, 
I've been asking investors across the country to like exactly how they're, they're feeling. And, you know, some, some guys with $300 million portfolios and some guys with $3 million portfolios. And there is a wide range of, you know, um, uh, a wide range of consideration when it comes to what they're thinking of. For some people, it's a three month window. That's really all the shocks are going to happen, but then, um, extended out to 18 months to get back to where we were. So um, although we'll have lots of shocks over the first uh, three months, it'll take us a, a while to get back because you're, um, you have a lot of um, employees that come from small business owners and the small business owners who haven't been able to uh, stay on top of what they're doing, that's going to be a, a, quite a challenge. Um, you know, unemployment already has jumped. Um, I remember at that first week, there was almost like 250 million or something like that across Canada that uh, hopped onto the unemployment uh, um, site and started to fill that out. Um, you know, we know that this is uh, something that's temporary. We don't know how long it's going to take for everybody to get back to full employment. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually come come through. I've had lots of conversations with small business owners who overnight took a, you know, multi-million dollar business and had to shut it down because they just don't have enough income to take them through more than, you know, 60 to 90 days, um, you know, laying off a lot of their staff. So there's, there's definitely a lot of challenges going through. I think one of the things that everybody has to remember is that, um, uh, the U.S. in particular, but Canada as well, is printing a heck of a lot of money. And, you know, when you print that much money, we know that the, what they're trying to do is um, when they're doing that, they're basically putting, saying we know that there's going to be deflation, right? And the way that we're going to prevent deflation is print money and make money available. Now, the challenge is going to be that banks still need to lend in order for that to happen. So, um, you know, but we know in the long term that our, our hard assets are going to do well. That's why we're long-term investors. We're not like, like we don't trade a house today and, and sell it tomorrow. At least that's why, that's the way I like to picture it. Even if you're doing that, you're taking some of those funds and you're putting it, you know, for the long term somewhere. So over, over time, we're going to see um, interest rates go down. Uh, right now they've popped up because the demand for money really is, is gone up and we've seen some in the long term rates, um, uh, five-year rates go up, but they will come down. Um, you know, they will stabilize and come down. And when they come down, we will see house prices go up again. That's why I'm saying that, and, and exactly what Sandy said, you know, like the, the um, we'll call them the more experienced investors are, are the ones who are looking at this as an opportunity because they know in the long term, we're going to see those, those house prices come back. Um, the challenge is going to be, you know, how long this lasts for, um, what's an unemployment going to be like. And we are going to see a change in um, vacancy rates and a lot of different things just because the challenge is that uh, placing tenants and, you know, the process of who's moving and who's not moving. I think it's going to be a, a bit of a challenge. So it's something that, um, you know, we haven't seen in a long time. Actually, we probably have never seen, um, but um, it's just a guess. 
but I think that vacancy is definitely going to go up for the not not because there's not a demand, but more because there's not a lot of movement right now. Um, so um, I think that the the demand is still there, and once we get that okay to start moving around again, I think it's going to be whoop come back up like like a vacuum and then all of a sudden we get like you know the vacancy goes you know back down but we have to be able to you know sustain that um, you know this period of time right it's it's a time to circle your wagons it's a time to get lean it's a time to like you know i i contacted like the things that i i not that i don't care about but like um like i deferred all my property taxes right because i could you know, for two months. It doesn't mean that I don't have to pay it. It just means that it's going to be spread out. Instead of paying for May and uh, April and May and June, I'm going to be paying those three months between July and December or July and November, depending on on where it is. Um, so it just to get lean over the next couple months, um, and then um, see how where we are. And then that'll help to, to get you um, to get through the, the next, you know, 12 months after that. Any other I think that makes sense because I think, <clears throat> I think being careful with it, uh, extra careful more than you would normally be just because you never know where you're at two months down the road and where this is at and what kind of, kind of cash reserves you might need for certain things, right? Um, without, you know, doing your best to not, you know, <laughs> to be a good citizen, be a good, you know, with the small businesses and stuff, still supporting them and, it's a tough little kind of thing to navigate, right? There's so many different things at stake here, but um, I was going to ask just to finish it off. What, what would be, and maybe you answered it already there with your last comment there, but what, what is one thing that a, an investor or landlord should do? What would be the most important thing they should do today or the next month to kind of be comfortable with what's, what's coming or what's happening right now? Yeah, prepare. Uh, don't get blindsided by the communication that's going to be happening at the beginning of the month, first of all. So make sure that you have uh, template letters, uh, conversations. You can call the tenants. Look at the tenants profile that you have. You're going to know which ones who are late and who are, you know, um, who have trouble paying anyways. Those are the first ones that you should contact directly to try to head off what's going to happen. Um, come up with a plan. Like, this is what I'll do if this happens. This is what I'll do if this happens. Uh, get lean. So um, if you have to defer, like make sure that you're, there's a reason why you're deferring. There's actually like a financial reason why you're deferring. Um, and But then that's an option. Look at deferring your property taxes. Um, you know, there are utility payments that you can defer now as well. I know that they're eliminating like uh, late charges and interest charges and on a lot of utility payments. Got to look at the, um, you know, the, the different utility companies for that information. Well, you know, and uh, I mean, I've, I've tried to put everything together for um, Durham REI, but uh, I'm sure that there are other organizations that are doing the same thing. In, in other places, just try to put everything to like put everything together so that you know you can take advantage of it as best as you can, and um, you know hopefully you'll be able to get some access to some extra cash. I know it's not an opportune time, but one of the things that I was able to do recently is uh, I I talked to Scotia Bank and I had a little bit of extra equity in uh, uh, five properties. And I, and if you have over 20,000, they allow you to access it as a secured line of credit. 
So um, all of a sudden I got access to an extra hundred K. So I was like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> I'll take it. Right. Uh, so making sure that you have access to those funds and um, you know, uh, if you haven't done that already, you know, uh, get lean and, um, and just prepare, you know, for the next uh, little while, but do not take your foot off the gas. Okay. If this is a long-term game, don't be the, don't be fearful, right? Just be, be sure in what you want to do. Model other people who have done it before and have been successful. This is the challenge with like media and everything that's out there. There are so many people giving advice and they like, you go into Facebook and there's a thousand people telling you to do 10,000 different things. Follow people who have done it before and who, who now this is an unprecedented situation, but going through different economic cycles is not. So uh, follow people who have uh, and model their, you know, what they're doing in order to get through this. Okay. And that'll really help you to, uh, uh, you know, get, you know, whoever it is, it doesn't matter who it is, model the people that you, um, that you believe will uh, get through this situation who have the experience to, to do it. And that should, you know, help. Hopefully there's enough in there to, you know, help you. But I think that's amazing oh, advice. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I, I was uh, going to ask, um, I know you're going to get to it, Rob, with uh, how to contact him and all that. Well, I was going to say your, your next Durham REI meeting, it would be, we're going to expedite this show and get it out really as quick as we can. So I think, is that next meeting going to happen? I know we talked a little briefly on how you're pivoting a bit with the style of it, but is yeah. that happening? Can we can we let our listeners know about that, perhaps, or about yeah, a way they I'll, can get in on that? I'll make it happen. I got no problem with making things happen. I don't. I'm not a person that takes no very easily or, uh, you know, lightly. So I will make it happen. Because that is April. I was just looking up. Is it April eighth? Is that the April next? April eighth. Yep. So it'll be an online version, I'm assuming, of some sort? It'll be a virtual version of some sort. And I want to make sure that there's a networking component to it as well. So it, it will be interesting and a little bit uh, unmanageable, but it'll be fun for sure. <laughs> Is it, you know, how, to, how people can actually go and find out info about that? Or is it DurhamREI.com? Is that the best resource? Yeah, that's right. So if they go into DurhamREI.com uh, and they, um, they can sign up, uh, for a newsletter or they can check out the um, the events tab and find out how we're we're going to do that one i just um, i'm working on the the platform but it'll be fun for sure <laughs> it always is <laughs> okay well thank you very much quentin you have helped us a lot and uh i know there's so much more to this than what we've gotten into today uh, and there's not really any cut and dry answers but thanks for helping us make the water a little less muddy i guess Oh, no problem. Thank yeah. you, guys. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Quentin. Okay, thanks, Quentin. Amazing. You're doing so well, guys. I really love seeing your progress. It's awesome. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Absolutely. And good Always luck with the event and, uh, and everything else to come. I think we'll, we'll be interesting times, but we'll fight through it and uh, be better for it once we get past this. Yeah, I hope to see you, all, you guys all uh, in person again one day and... Until then, we'll uh, we'll carry on like this. I'll uh, see you on the eighth. Thank you.